This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Welcome to the Wharton Sports Business Show here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. I'm George Perry, Wharton alum and Chief Revenue Officer of Penn Sports Properties. We are going to bring on our first guest today, Patrick Talty, who uh, is the General Manager of uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, and uh, he has an interesting background. He actually came to U.S. Bank Stadium from the World Wrestling, uh, WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, and before that, uh, did some uh, was general manager of Zayed uh, Sports City in Abu Dhabi. So, um, very interested to hear uh, Patrick's background and and everything that's going on with US Bank Stadium. Patrick, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Very happy to be here tonight. Excellent. So, before we get into US Bank Stadium, what you're doing there, uh, perhaps you can talk a little bit about your background. Um, you know, how does somebody that was working with WWE end up kind of running a running a running a stadium? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's been an interesting ride, that's for sure. And and I've been lucky throughout my career to have done a lot of interesting things, as you were talking about. You know, I kind of started off in Indianapolis um, working at the RCA Dome and uh, Convention Center. And, of course, that building's no longer around. That was uh, now it's Lucas Oil Stadium. And, you know, when I was there, I was lucky enough to work a couple Final Fours and and be a part of that. And so gotten to do some big events right off the bat and and then kind of moved around a little bit through my career. And, and landed in uh, in um, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and opened up the University of Phoenix Stadium, where the Arizona Cardinals uh, call home, and the annual Fiesta Bowls played there, and host of uh, uh, Super Bowl 26. So, you know, was able to uh, be part of that, and and uh, I'm sorry, Super Bowl f- uh, f- uh, 42, uh, was able to do that, and got to open that stadium up from construction till managing it, and and opening and operating, and and doing that for three years, um, you know, my time there total was five, two years of pre-opening before we opened the building, and then uh, three years of actually managing it and doing on events. And I was responsible for sales and all the operational aspects of, of the building, you know, from cleaning to maintenance to security to guest experience to all the event events that happened in there. So got a lot very varied, uh, unique events and lots of experience there. And that's when I got tapped uh, and asked if I wanted to go overseas to the Middle East, which, of course, you want to talk about quite an experience. You know, going somewhere, um, you know, and never even dreamed I'd go to the Middle East and, and a place that I hadn't heard of until uh, I started looking at it. And, and Abu Dhabi was a, an amazing place. It was an amazing facility that we, we ran. We had a, um, a soccer stadium, international uh, soccer stadium was their national stadium, 45,000 seats. And then we had an international tennis center. It was 5,000-seat main court and a couple side uh, courts and then some practice courts. We had a bowling alley, uh, believe it or not, a 1,200-seat bowling alley, 40 lanes where people would come and watch bowling. Um, and uh, it was built for the World Bowling Championships. And then we had an ice rink out in the middle of the desert, believe it or not. It had an uh, Olympic-sized ice rink with 2,500 seats. And and the site had been government-run uh, up until we took over, and, and they wanted to kind of improve, improve the life uh, over in Abu Dhabi and, and use the site for what it was really built for. And, and it's, it's named after the founder of the country, uh, Sheikh Zayed, and, and you know, his vision had always been to have this kind of uh, Olympic 
uh, training as well as recreation grounds where it would improve all the life of citizens of Abu Dhabi. And, you know, we kind of took that to heart and really worked hard. We opened a gym up, you know, started all kinds of new programs, opened a, a soccer academy, a rugby club, renovated all the restaurants, opened up, you know, some new restaurants and uh, secured the World Bowling Championships. And and I also brought over the first time ever that uh, WWE would play in uh, the United Arab Emirates, um, their, first, their first time over. So huge success, three nights sold out. And that's kind of what uh, got WWE interested in, in talking to me. So I ended up going to uh, WWE to run their live events division. And uh, we were responsible for 435 live events a year um, you know, and operating that. And so we would decide where we were going to take those live events. And it was international, so it was worldwide. It was not only in the United States, but it was also – you know, everywhere from China to, you know, Mexico to Australia to all over Europe. So, you know, we did about 90 events um, internationally each year. Um, as I said, it was 435 events with three separate touring groups. And then the other part of my group was responsible for actually marketing those shows. So we were the ones that made sure that the tickets were sold so that people would uh, watch the events and, and participate. And that included televi- television events, WrestleMania, to the live events that you see in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, it didn't matter where it was. We were, we were selling tickets and, and marketing it. And WWE was an amazing company. I mean, it's, uh, it is so creative, and you get to do you know, things outside the box, and, and it was so neat to be a part of that and work closely with, with uh, Vince, who's just, you know, visionary in, mm-hmm. in, that, in that space. And his, uh, the way he looks at business problems is, is amazing and, and very unique, and I learned a lot from that from him and, and learned a lot about um, how business and, and touring properties run, which was really great for me overall because I learned a lot about the content side and I learned how content and producers and, and, you know, concert promoters think of their world and their touring world. And, and that's helped me on the, on the facility side. So when they, uh, when SMG landed the account here in uh, Minneapolis, opening up the newest uh, NFL facility, they uh, reached out, called me and said, Hey, are you interested in uh, taking on this, uh, this role? And, you know, for me, I, it was one of these things where my wife and I talked about it, and we said, you know what, Let, let's make a change for, you know, uh, for quality of life. You know, I was on the road a lot, and we decided we wanted to be, and I wanted to be home a little more. And I also wanted to really create a legacy that uh, would mean something for the state of Minnesota and, and really be a part of an unbelievable building. U.S. Bank Stadium is amazing. Um, there's nothing like it out there. It is, um, I really think it's an iconic structure. I think it's the nicest NFL facility uh, in the country. And it's very versatile. So we get to do a lot of different things. And, and we have a lot of big events and a lot of things happening. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, in, in point in your career, you say, you know what, I want to choose something because I want to make a difference and I want it to, to mean something forever. And that's uh, kind of why we chose Minnesota and come to U.S. Bank Stadium. Fantastic. Yeah, you're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM 111. We're talking to Patrick Talty, the general manager of U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, so many things that I would love to talk about in your background, uh, but I definitely want to get to uh, to U.S. Bank, uh, and then we might come back to the background there because I'm, I'm curious how things Absolutely. things uh, happen in Abu Dhabi and, and then WWE. And for the, the listeners that don't know, 
uh, Vince McMahon is 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 really kind of a founder and, and runs or oversees WWE and, and is very well known for being a, a super savvy business person as well as a a marketer. Now you got to uh, what year did you get? To, did you get to U.S. Bank as it was opening or be prior to its opening or, or right about that time in 2016? Yeah, so I actually was uh, I was the first employee hired, so I arrived here in uh, early um, let's see January of let me think add it up here fifteen January fifteen I was uh, on site, so SMG landed the account in uh, August of fourteen. I was the first employee hired, so then I had to build a team from the ground up, and and you know I was a, a show of one for a while, and and we built the team over the next eighteen months from. You know, because we do everything from marketing to the sales to, um, you know, the cleaning, the security, the guest experience, um, you know, the finance part of it. You know, we're responsible for everything. So anything that's non-Vikings events, we're the ones who bring the event in. You know, we're the ones who go out and get it and, and secure the events and, and then market those events and, and get people to rent the building. And we've had a very successful, uh, you know, uh, really event life. We, we did, you know, over 600 events our first year, uh, 1.6 million people through the doors. Um, it, it was, you know, blew away any thoughts that of what we thought was success. We do everything from baseball to um, inline skating on the concourse to running clubs to youth football to bar mitzvahs, you know, business meetings. We've had trade shows. We have a home show, a custom car show to football games to, of course, the Super Bowl and concerts. So we do we do everything, and this building is very flexible. So we're real proud of what we've been able to accomplish in a short amount of time here. And um, and so actually I'm curious if – or maybe you can help explain to the listeners. So SMG basically is, is an outside agency uh, that, that the Vikings hire to manage the, the facility and, and to bring in outside events. Is that, is that correct? That is correct. So SMG is a uh, what we call a private management company, and we manage 235 buildings uh, worldwide. And it's anything from theaters to convention centers to stadiums to arenas, no matter, no matter what the size is. If it's a public assembly facility, um, we're in the business of managing that. Um, SMG also has a food service company um, that we uh, savor, that we ma- manage as well. And so we, we kind of have those different areas. So um, I work for, for, for SMG, and uh, they got the account. So they are actually hired by the state of Minnesota to manage the stadium on their behalf. And, and the Vikings are the primary tenant. The Vikings put in over $600 million into this building, massive partners, and we work very closely with them to execute their game days, as well as then work very closely with them on uh, other events, as well as the state. And the state has an authority that actually operates or runs the building or owns the building for them, um, for the state. So that's kind of their, their board or the authority, and they have a small staff that we report to. So that's who our contract's with, which is very typical. SMG has about uh, 86% of their clients are all municipalities um, that either own the facility or lease it or something around those lines. Um, we have a re- renewal rate of about 96% currently. Um, so once we get a building, we, we stay with it and we do we understand how governments work. And and we work very closely with them to achieve their goals, no matter what the those goals are in different markets. And and each market's a little different. You know, here in Minneapolis, the goal is very um, revenue based and and event based. You know, have a lot of content and a lot of revenue. And then in other markets, um, you know, that could be um, a smaller arena where they really focus on community events. So it kind of depends on what what the what the client wants. 
And so if you could, as much as you can divulge, uh, I'm curious uh, how the revenue stream for SMG, are you paid a, a fee by the municipality or do you guys get a commission based on events, ticket sales? How does I'm sure there's a bunch of different sources, but if you if you could give a general sense of how sure. that works, that'd be terrific. Yeah, you know, each deals a little differently, but traditional private management deals are that SMG gets a base fee, and then they, um, you know, there could be incentive fees on top of that. It's kind of how they, the traditional um, setup works. But each of them are, are different nuances um, depending on what the goals are. You know, here in Minneapolis, um, we do have a um, minimum revenue uh, guarantee that we guarantee to the state that we'll return to them each year. And, um, you know, that's that's how the deal is structured up here. And it's just it's a little bit different than other places. Um, you know, some of them, some of the stadiums are just, you know, the flat, more basic management uh, structures with uh, with incentive fees on, on top of that to hit certain goals. So kind of depends. But that's kind of the general gist of how, you know, the revenues come in now. The buildings themselves, when you operate the building, so here at U.S. Bank Stadium, all of the local staff is paid for by the expenses here at the facility. So, um, you know, all of our staff, including myself, are all uh, local employees, and we work for this this account here. And, you know, all of those expenses are, are paid through the account. So, you know, when we bring in revenue for shows and things like that, that pays all of our overhead expenses as well as it pays for those event expenses. Gotcha. And so you've uh, clearly had a number of big events, as you mentioned, and, and one of those uh, very large events uh, was a Super Bowl, and I think there was a lot of hope that maybe the Vikings would be in that Super Bowl, <laughs> except for those of us that were from that are in the Philly area. <laughs> but, That's right. Um, but um, first, my first thought question is, 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 you know, I've always wondered this. First of all, many years ago, I think when the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis, the the NFL swore or people swore they'd never have another cold weather Super Bowl. Um, they've had a, a couple since in Indianapolis could be considered one, and a few others. Um, is there a is there an agreement? You know, when when uh, Minnesota says, you know, we're gonna we're gonna invest in this stadium, and and uh, is there some sort of either official agreement or maybe a side agreement that says, yeah, if you if you build the stadium, we'll we'll bring a Super Bowl to your to your city. Yeah, you know, I, I've heard that um, the, that before too. That you know, when you build a new stadium, that you automatically get a Super Bowl. And I, you know, I, I don't know if there is an agreement or not. I know that you know Minneapolis competed very hard for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and and they were up against stiff competition. They were up against uh, New Orleans and Indianapolis, and and Indianapolis put on an amazing Super Bowl um, back when they did it. And and so it was not. It's not a, you know, hey, you're guaranteed to get a Super Bowl. You know, Minneapolis really worked hard to, to win it. And then they worked really hard to outperform all expectations. And, and I personally, having been around a couple Super Bowls and, and visited many Super Bowls uh, and Super Bowl cities, I think Minneapolis hit an absolute home run. I think what they did um, in terms of, you know, the exposure that they brought to Minneapolis, but then how how well put together it was and how well they thought of everything. And, and, you know, I think the people from Philadelphia and, and Boston will, were just blown away that, yeah, it was cold, but it was, uh, it was awesome. And it was a party and everyone had a great time. I mean, Minneapolis really shown well, you know, I mean, you, how, you think about it, Jimmy Fallon was wearing our uh, bold North mittens on, on the tonight show. 
you know, just think how much money Apple would pay to have that uh, that kind of advertising. So, you know, they loved it. People loved it. And I thought we did a great job. And, and the stadium was beautiful and it was amazing on Sunday. We had a beautiful sunny day, which our stadium just plays really well when it's sunny out with our translucent roof. And, you know, it didn't feel like it was cold outside when you looked at the stadium and Justin Timberlake put on a great show. And, you know, we, we like to say that operationally it was a boring Super Bowl for us and, and it was extremely smooth for the NFL. And, and Minneapolis, you know, did an, an amazing job and I, I can't say enough about it. Yeah, I mean, all indications, at least everything that we heard is, is that that it was a fantastic event, uh, even with the cold. Um, and certainly, there were, fortunately, there were no wardrobe malfunctions for the halftime show. So <laughs> That's right. I think everybody was holding their breath there. Um, t- can you talk a little bit about kind of kind of what your your life was like that week uh, or the week, the couple of weeks leading up to it, including uh, the day of and, and your staff and what you were managing and 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 kind of and you you mentioned it it obviously went good because it was boring but but are there are you thinking about potential crises here and there what happens if the electricity goes out like it did at one super bowl those type of things oh yeah i mean you know i i didn't sleep well the night before and i didn't sleep well you know really the month of you know one of the challenges that we had that has never faced the the nfl before was we were a host to the divisional rounds of the playoffs and the Super Bowl, the only time, the only other time they've had a playoff game in the host city of the Super Bowl was Houston last year with, um, you know, the Houston Texans making the wild card game. Um, we actually had the divisional round, so it was two weeks into the playoffs, and that delayed everything being set up because obviously we're we're still a home home field for the Vikings. So a lot of work that that last month. Uh, the last kind of the first two weeks of January, we really put a lot of work into the planning part of of how are we changing the schedule with the NFL to accommodate that playoff game, and then how are we going to turn the building over in that two week span to be ready for the for the Super Bowl? And so you know, because we've got everything from you know we change our the, we had to change portions of the turf out to, to all the painting to building you know the international media booths to running more cable to you know all the graphics that go up and and all that kind of stuff all has to be put in and built and and then of course coordinated with each other because now you have people on top of each other trying to do their jobs and in, in, in the tight compressed time frame so you know we spent a lot of time around that and, and the staff worked extremely hard we actually had a um, we assigned each of our staff members to one of the contractors with the NFL. So if the signage had somebody, you know, NBC had somebody, um, you know, the halftime show had somebody. So that one of our staff members was there and was making sure that one their needs were being met, met, and then two that you know there wasn't anything that we needed to address or if there was a problem or a question we could be right there to address it and work with them. So our staff was spread out, but they were you know they'd work the hours that their contractor was working. So we had a lot of different different hours, a lot of different shifts and and it's a all-encompassing event at the end of the day. I mean, you have a lot of people working really hard on it and and you know we start to think about you know, what are the what ifs and what happens if and and we spend a lot of time thinking about that and planning for it and making sure that we have backup plans and backup to those backup plans and that we have contractors in place to help us deal with situations such as the power going out and and you know we we plan all that and we thought through it and we worked real hard on that and I still didn't sleep the night before I was still worried about everything that could go wrong and and I was a basket case when I got to work but you know kind of it's funny you know people talk about 
the players once they you know I've heard John Madden talk about once you get that first hit you know and and all of a sudden you kind of get into the groove of the the event the event and it's just a regular another game. It was kind of the same thing for us once we kind of got in that and first person came through the doors and we kind of got that first hit and that first call for cleaning up a trash can or something like that. Then all of a sudden you kind of settle in. You realize, okay, it's it's another football game. And, yeah, it's the world's biggest football game and there's millions of people watching. But we're still doing what we do on a on an everyday basis and an every week basis, and and that kind of helps you get things going. And and the staff just kind of then goes about and does what they know how to do, and they do it well here. And how about security? Obviously, we live in a in a world where the security's been having to be beefed up for every single event. Is that a? I imagine that's a big uh, aspect of your preparations, and and is the NFL involved in that as well? Yeah, actually, the NFL takes over. They work with the uh, local agency, the Minneapolis Police Department, and the federal agencies, um, the FBI. They they work directly with them, and they really take over the security planning. the The stadium really doesn't have uh, any direct, um, you know, responsibility over security because of you know the the ways that things are in the world today. Um, that's that gets taken due to them, and and they really plan and and work throughout the entire because it's a it's got to be a concerted team effort across all the whole Super Bowl because you got so much going on. I mean, we're not the only thing going on. You've got, you know, it's four days of events, you know, from, you know, different parties to, you know, the NFL um, experience at, at the convention center to, you know, a, a, a live, which is open to the public to, to participate and see concerts and stuff like that. So all that has to be really um, planned and, and worked together. So they, the, you know, Minneapolis police, the lead jurisdiction, takes over the uh, planning and they really handle that for us and and they handle that for the NFL and the NFL works with them and so we don't have as much worry about that um and um you know which is which is good because we've got a lot of other things that we worry about about Super Bowl so you're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM 111 we're speaking with Patrick Talty the general manager of U.S. Bank Stadium Patrick so uh if I'm Correct. You guys have you're going to be hosting the the NCAA Men's Final Four in 2019. Is that correct? That's correct. And uh, about a week's time, we're on deck, and uh, the countdown starts for us. Now, I, I, will you be going down to uh, San Antonio and kind of uh, taking a real close look at their operations and trying to figure out what you know how that's going to transfer to to what you guys are doing next year? I will. We we actually uh, the NCAA has got a program where they bring in the future hosts. Um, and so they have staff members of ours who are actually working with them on uh, during the games, the execution of the game. So you, our staff will be helping them, um, you know, with logistics and the setup and kind of moving things around and, you know, kind of overall game operations. So they'll, they'll get their feet wet this year and have a real good idea of what to kind of expect next year when it comes here. Um, and, you know, obviously, I as I mentioned early on, I've had the privilege of working two Final Fours early on in my career and, and been around kind of the NCAA and the Final Four. So um, I'm real excited to, to kind of get it back and, and uh, to get to, you know, work the event and, and host it and, and be a steward of it for the one year. And, and uh, we're really excited. But we'll, we'll be down in San Antonio learning, watching, uh, seeing what we can do, what are they doing, um, you know, what, what is things that little nuggets that we can implement. And, and every, every big event I've gone to at the different cities, I've learned something um, that they do that we're that you know we've implemented or that's a great idea or we've taken and changed a little bit. You know, I, I hate to say it, but you know, all of us in the, in the stadium industry, we I think we copy each other because we all see the good ideas that we're doing and and we try to put it in, in play in our place. Yeah, we we I mean I'm I'm mostly in the sponsorship world. We say the same thing. There's no such thing as a new idea. We just uh, repeat better, really good ideas. Um, the um, 
So do you, what's the capacity of, 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 of the U.S. Bank Stadium? So we're at uh, just over 66,000 for an NFL football game. And would that be the same capacity for uh, NCAA Final Four? Yeah, we'll actually rise up a little bit for the Final Four. We're, we'll be over 70,000 for the Final Four because we'll be adding seats to, you know, uh, the NCAA has a nice uh, platform seat system that they put into the building to make the seats go down to the court. So we'll be adding seats in, um, you know, and, and adding more tickets. So it'll be, we'll be over 70, you know, it'll be a full house, but, uh, you know, it'll be a great, uh, I think our building's going to be a great building to watch a basketball game in. So, but if you're at that last level up at the top, how strong do your binoculars need to be to be able to to see the court? Yeah, the the uh, the players are small. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, they, it's uh, it is very small. But uh, you're in the building, and you know, good, good news is they hang a uh, center hung video board, so you can actually watch it from uh, from the TV. But you know, it it is um, it's not the best viewing experience if you're trying to be up close and see what's happening. So uh, before we're here, we need to get up to a break here. One more question. Just want to know kind of what, what you're working on now and, and what you're looking forward to in, in the future here. Yeah, no, absolutely. We are um, – we're actually uh, – this summer we have X Games. This will be our second year of hosting the Summer X Games. Uh, last year um, we hosted ESPN's uh, Summer X Games, and it's the first time they've been in an NFL stadium, first time they've kind of been in one venue, and they loved it. It was an awesome event, so we have another year of that. That's kicking off. We've got uh, five concerts this year, so we're really excited about that with Kenny Chesney, um, you know, uh, Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, and Beyonce, and uh, Jay-Z. And then, you know, one of the unique events that we've got coming up in 2020 is we're the host of the NCAA Men's Wrestling Championships. It'll be the first time they've ever been in a stadium and the first time they've really kind of ventured into that big that you know, a big space and, and looking at kind of creating a new event for the NCAA, making this kind of their next big championship. So we're real proud and we think that we're the right place to kind of launch them into that next, uh, that next fear of, um, you know, uh, that event. Well, fantastic. And, uh, you know, I work at Penn Athletics and hopefully the uh, Penn wrestling team will be, uh, will be at that event in 2020. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.